0: Would you grab a Bible? Luke 23, it's on page 884. We're gonna spend our time here over the next few minutes together, work through this text. Uh, And at the end of what you heard Pastor Abel read are the words that Jesus says today, you'll be with me in paradise. You know, for that matter, those aren't just words for the man on the cross next to Jesus, those are words for you, for, for me, at the moment of our last breath. Today you'll be with me in paradise. As a pastor, I've had the chance to say those very words at the bedside of countless people who were dying. Just read those same words a few weeks ago to a woman named Mary, who's in her 90s, in the last couple of weeks of her life Today, you will be with me in paradise. Luke chapter 23. We find three. Dying men who are breathing their last breath. Two of them are criminals. One of them is Jesus. The criminal's on his right and his left, just like the prophet Isaiah foretold. For the last five weeks, we've been looking at the words of the prophet Isaiah and the other prophets who told us and told the people of Israel about how all the things that Jesus was doing at the end of his life were fulfilling the words that they had said long ago. And here in Luke's gospel, We've seen how as Jesus is fulfilling the words of the prophets, he's doing all things that are necessary for us and in the midst of what seems like weakness and what appears to be defeat and what could only be evil is actually in itself, God is using evil against itself for our good. Here's what I'd like to do over the next few minutes together to take a look at our text and hear the words of these three dying men. The first two have very different reactions to the third. The first dying man who has demands for Jesus, and the second one who comes to him in surrender. And then the third dying man, Jesus, and the promise he makes to the second one, and for that matter, to you and to me today. First dying man, second, and third. Let's start first with the first dying man. You got your Bible open. Let's back up before we meet him to verse 35. Again, we're on page 884. Follow along with me if you would. And the people stood watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, he saved others. Let him save himself if, key word, he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If, key word again, you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him: this is the king of the Jews. Let's pause there. We got the soldiers. secular leaders, the religious leaders, who are all mocking Jesus, if, keyword, it's conditional. In fact, what Matthew also tells us is at the beginning of the crucifixion of Jesus that it's both criminals who were joining in with the crowd at Jesus' feet. They're both hurling their insults at him. Why? Because rumors... And news had spread over the last few years about the marvelous things that Jesus was up to and the miracles that he had done, how he'd gotten people out of trouble. He had healed them when they were sick. He had raised them when they were dying. He had fed them when they were hungry. But here he is before their eyes, and he looks very different than the man that they've only heard about. Of course, no YouTube clips, nothing on Twitter. There's no actual footage of him, no nightly news. This is their first glimpse, most of them, for this king. I mean, the sign's over his head, sure, but, but what kind of king is this? No robe, he's naked, essentially. No crown of gold, but of thorns. No bracelets of gold on his wrists; there are nails in his hands. What kind of king rules like this in weakness, through suffering and through death? What kind of king is this? And what kind of kingdom could he possibly bring? To the first dying man, verse 39. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The crowd's got conditions. The first man has demands. He's saying, in other words, Jesus, I'd rather be out of trouble. What he's done is he's made getting off the cross his paradise. And Jesus, his means to get there. He's made Jesus his paradise, his place of rest, his escape from trouble, and Jesus is just a means to achieve it. You think that's just back then? today because if you come to him with an if with a condition with demands when you say I'll follow you I'll obey you if I'll go first I'll be better and I'll try harder and I'll do more and I'll give more if you follow me if you get me out of this trouble you know what you've done You have made getting out of your troubles your paradise, your real paradise. And Jesus, just the means to achieve it. I mean, because there's a way to pray. Whether you bargain with him or not, there's a way to pray and to say, God, give me my loved one back. And to say, Lord, fix my family. And God, heal my health. God, get me out of this trouble. And there's another way to pray and to say, God, make me so delighted in your delight in me that I don't need anyone on earth to like me or to love me because I am with you and you are with me forever and that is better by far. And there's a way to pray and to say, God, this is hard and this is difficult and this is draining. But I know that your grace is sufficient and your power is made perfect in my weakness and I will depend on you whether you get me out of trouble or not because I know that I am with you and when you are with me and we are together forever. There's a way to pray. To say Jesus get me out of my troubles. But whether you get me out of them or not Whether my trouble stays or goes away, I always have you. Is that the way that you pray? Because do you see that there's a way to approach Him for what He can do for you? And there's a way to approach Him simply because He is who He is. There's a way to approach Him as a means to an end, and there is another way to approach Him as the end in itself. Whether or not we get some version of paradise on earth today or not. We get a glimpse of that second way. In the second dying man, who speaks first to the first dying man. Let's look at verse 40. But the other rebuked. Him saying do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation And we indeed justly for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds But this man has done nothing wrong now It's important to note here that Luke calls them Criminals you notice that what do we commonly call these Thieves on the cross well I just said it we call them thieves right Robber on his left, robber on his right. That's what the other gospel writers call them. But Luke calls them criminals. Notice that? If they're just robbers, if they're just thieves, what are they doing receiving a capital punishment for the crime of theft? Did you know if you were a Roman citizen and you were caught stealing that all you had to do based on smaller levels of theft would simply be to pay back What you had taken And perhaps a fine on top of that This has to be for these two criminals Way more than theft itself What Luke's gospel tells us The nuance of the Greek that he uses here Is that they are not only robbers But they are probably also rebels Who led a revolt Against Rome And if they're more than thieves Receiving a capital punishment If they are robbers Rebels who led a revolt. They would never say, this is what we deserve because they were enemies of Rome. Yet what do we find here? The second dying man saying, this is what I deserve. We're getting the due reward for ourselves. After having mocked the man in the middle at the beginning of the crucifixion, now he turns to the other thief and he says, what do we do? What do you do? Don't you know who he is? He's done nothing wrong. What happened in his heart? Verse 34. Go back with me. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Do you know what he's done? He's dropped his demands Because he's seen the one who dropped his demands for him. He had no need for conditions because he saw the one who dropped his conditions and extended unconditional forgiveness and unconditional mercy to him. And so he turns to Jesus. Verse 42. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And that's it. No demands. No conditions. Not get me out of trouble. He knows what he deserves and he simply says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Why? because there's a paradise better than getting out of his troubles. It's to say to him, you're my paradise. You're the longing of my heart. And I'll be with you because it is better by far than getting out of my troubles today. Can you say that to him? it's not a demand it's surrender and it's not longing for deliverance it's simply asking for mercy and it's the only way that you can come to the man in the middle of these two dying men on the left and the right the third dying man Jesus Jesus replies to him Verse 43 and he says Truly I say to you Today you will be with me In paradise This is the Greek word Paradiso it sounds just like our English word paradise But it evokes much more Than heaven as we commonly think Of it uh, It Echoes what we had in the past The tree of life and the beauty and the perfection Of the garden of Eden And it anticipates what we will have in the future uh, The renewal of creation And the restoration of all things When Jesus returns and makes all things new When we read, today you will be with me in paradise You know where I, our eyes are drawn magnetically or To the two words at the end Today you'll be with me in paradise You know what two words matter more? are the two words before. Today, you will be with me in paradise. You wonder what it will be like when you breathe your last breath, what heaven will be, and when it will be. Paradise will be good. You know what matters more are the two words with me. If you're married, you remember as you started dating your spouse, how simply being together mattered more than what you did together. And to run errands, didn't matter what restaurant you went to, didn't matter what what movie you watched, simply because you were together and being together mattered more than what you did together. And maybe you're not married, maybe you can think back to what it was like to be a kid. And your dad would say, uh, I'm going to the hardware store. Who's coming with me? And you'd jump in the car and you'd drive to Home Depot and you'd jump out of the car and you'd jump into the cart and you'd let him push you around the store simply because being with him meant more than what you did together. You'd go to your, with your mom to the grocery store and you'd sit in the cart and your legs would swing simply because being with the one you love and the one who loves you matters more than what you do together. Jesus says today because I took the trouble that you deserved you're with me and because I kept the demands of the law because I kept all of its conditions you're with me today and I'm with you which is better by far can you say that? Yet here you are, and I am. You're up late at night thinking about all kinds of things. The person who snubbed you and the criticism they gave you. And the things that you have left to do that you didn't get to that are still waiting for you to finish tomorrow. The person that you see in the mirror that you wish you were, but you know you're not. And the things that you wish you could change about your past, but you can't. So imagine a billionaire who's got four $20 bills in his pocket, and his car needs gas, he pulls up to circle K, and he prepays at the counter to save gallon, 10 cents a gallon, because you know that's how he made his millions and his billions. So he takes three of those four $20 bills to fill up his tank, pays $60, Fills up his car, goes on his way, finishes his day as he's emptying his pockets. He opens his wallet, and he realizes that all four $20 bills are gone. He can't believe it. What's he gonna do? Uh, He can go back to Circle K, and he can look are all around the pump, and he can get down on his hands and his knees, and he can see if one of them slipped or if it stuck somewhere. He can go inside and he can demand that the manager rewind the tapes to see if the clerk pocketed the fourth $20 bill because he overpaid. Is he gonna do that? No. Why? Because he's a billionaire. Are you a Christian? can't sleep at night don't like the person that you see in the mirror you're thinking about all the stuff that's already happened you find yourself worried about what may or may not happen in the future do you know what you are You're a billionaire on your knees. Do you know what you have? You have the one who says to you, I am with you, and you have the riches of my mercy. And you are enough for me. The one who says, You have the wealth of my provision. You are enough and you have enough. Christian, let me ask you, what more do you think you need? Can you drop your demands? And surrender to him because paradise is way more than getting out of your trouble and paradise for that matter is way more than a place. Paradise is a person who is with you today. And Jesus Christ, my friends, has given you his kingdom a place at his side forever. You don't have to wait to receive that someday because you belong to him by grace. You are his and he is yours today. In the name of Jesus Christ, the crucified one. Amen.